0: Hello and welcome to the Breaking Over the Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your anxiety disorder through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's kind of a personal episode. It's inspired by some conversations I was having with clients who have graduated from the Breaking Up With Anxiety group coaching program, and even a few friends, and Basically, I kept having the same, hopefully you can't hear my my cats are like wrestling in the background. So if you hear all this crazy wrestling, that's what it is. It's going down. Boys will be boys, right? So basically, I kept having similar conversations with people where they were asking me clients and friends, and they were asking me, like, what's next? Like, what are you doing now? What are you working on now? What are you reading? Like, what podcasts do you like? What are you listening to? Um, And I thought to myself, I'm a really big podcast connoisseur. (laughs) I read a lot. I listen to a lot um, of things. I do a lot of continuing education. I'm just, I've always been this way. As my dad reminded me at lunch yesterday, he's like, you have always consumed information. Like my parents would be like forcing me to stop reading, to go outside and play. Like I was just always reading, always consuming information. Even I didn't watch that much TV when I was younger, I wasn't allowed. (laughs) And even now I don't watch that much TV. And so I'm always consuming information and all the podcasts I follow, I love their content and what they talk about. But I also really love when I hear more about them and like who they are and what they like and to, like as if I, they were my friend, <laughs> right? Like things they're currently going through, things they're working on. So every time someone asks me a question that's non, it's like kind of non-anxiety related on Instagram, for example, like what cleaning products I use or what I'm doing for skincare, Podcast I'm listening to, all this stuff, I'll always share my answer in the stories because my thought process is if one person is asking this question, then other people want to know. But then those stories disappear within 24 hours. So I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, why not every now and then do a more kind of personal, dedicated podcast episode? And I really went back and forth on this because I don't know, it felt weird to just talk about me. But then in conversation with my clients, asking them, like, would you listen to that? <laughs> like, what do you think? And they were like, number one, yes, because we want to know what you're doing. And number two, that's what so many podcasts are. It's just people talking about their life. Like, there's so many podcasts out there that are literally just people coming on, talking about themselves or what they're doing or or just shooting the shit, you know, and I guess because my podcast is so much more educational, it just felt weird to do that. Um, But I'm going to do it. I'm going to push past the discomfort. Um, So here we go. Trying this out. So I thought I would cover kind of six things. Um, Something I watched lately that I loved. Something I read lately that I loved. What I'm currently focusing on in my health uh, and a little bit about why something I'm looking forward to, you know, something I've been obsessed with lately or super into, uh, and and an example of a boundary that I have created or that I have held. And I thought this would be interesting since um, we talk about on this podcast so much and with my clients and my programs and literally everywhere, I talk about the importance of setting and holding boundaries a lot. This is a non-negotiable when it comes to your physical and mental health. And it can look like so many different things. Um, so yeah, there that there you have it. If there's anything outside of these topics that you're curious about, uh, send me a DM on Instagram, uh, or you can email me, and I will add it to the list for future personal episodes. I'll probably do one every couple of months. We'll see. We'll see if you like it. <laughs> And if you don't, if people don't like it, because I can see the stats, right? Like on the back end and what podcasts are getting a lot of downloads, what episodes people are really listening to and the ones that are maybe not hitting as much. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Also, to be clear, I do watch TV. (laughs) it's not that I don't watch any TV at all. Um, I'm actually a really big binger. So I basically won't watch like any TV during the week or something. And then there's a new season. A new season will drop of a show that I love and I'll just binge it. And then I'll just go through these periods where it's like I watch no TV and then I binge. And then I watch no TV and then I binge. It's very all or nothing. (laughs) Like I'm all in or I'm all out. And Steve always teases me because it's so extreme versus he will watch, he'll be watching a season and he's perfectly fine watching one, to two episodes, you know, a day at night or something like that. And he can skip a few days whereas I can't do that. Like I need this full day, this full weekend. I just need to get it over with. I can't drag it on. Like I have shit to do. Okay. So something I watched lately that I loved this was hard to pick. I wanted to talk about a few different things, but I'm really going to challenge myself to only say one thing per topic, or else we'll be here forever. But I loved that Blue Zones documentary on Netflix. Live to 100, I think, is called the Secret of, Secrets of the Blue Zones. It was so good. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend. Um, the show follows, and I'm totally going to butcher his last name, Dan. Butner Dan Butner, I don't know. I should have looked this up before. Um, but he's a National Geographic writer and explorer, and he his work and research has identified five regions of the world um, as blue zones because of their higher than normal proportion of centenarians, so people who live to be over the age of one hundred, as well as Low incident of diseases such as you know heart disease and cancer. So there's um, a hot a blue zone, a hotspot, a a longevity hotspot. He calls them so. Blue zone in Japan, one in Italy, one in Costa Rica, one in Greece, and one in California. And I didn't like I didn't know anything about this until I saw this documentary. And then in one of the last episodes, I think the very last episode, he kind of shows him. They pull footage of him doing this clearly as his younger self. And they show a bunch of footage of him introducing this concept. And I was like, oh, this has been around for a really long time. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. So he started exploring these regions in the early 2000s. His first major public introduction to the topic Uh, was obviously a National Geographic cover story. And that was in 2005. And then he wrote a book in 2008, uh, another one in 2015 and 2017. And then now the documentary came out in 2023. So he's clearly been doing this research and promoting this work for such a long time. And of course, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. And I was so excited because I obviously love documentaries like this about health and longevity and taking care of yourself. And like, whistleblowing on like the medical system or big pharma and just really showing people, um, this information that they might not otherwise know. Right. So Steve and I watched it together and we have very different approaches when it comes to health. He's the, I will deal with it when it happens, man. And I'm the, we must do everything to prevent this from happening woman. So as we're watching this, we're having this, um, Ongoing. I don't want to call it an argument or a disagreement because it was it was very light and it was obviously more just us teasing each other. But we were disagreeing on things <laughs> when we were watching it. And I got pretty spicy and fired up a few times. Because he was basically coming up with reasons why these people had it, quote unquote, easier to be healthy, like the altitude of where they lived and the weather and this and that and that. And I was getting so frustrated. And I'm not saying he's wrong. He's right that these locations and their culture and their community have shaped their life expectancy and where we live in Canada or the US or the UK or um, wherever you live, you might not have the same advantages like we don't have the same advantages so i'm i'm not disagreeing on that but we can still create the same kind of health for ourselves the difference is we have to do basically the opposite of what everyone else is doing and in these communities in these blue zones it's built into their way of life they eat a very natural whole foods plant-based diet They get a lot of natural movement and physical activity every single day. They have strong social networks and community, and they have tons of cultural practices that they do every single day that support lowering their stress levels, and they have great coping mechanisms. So these are very simple, basic things. So simple and basic. There is no conversation in this documentary around people taking medication You know, or expensive supplements, or have all the fancy newest health gadgets. They don't have that, nor do they need any of that. And so I was getting frustrated by Steve's comments, and he was obviously just teasing and trying to poke the bear. And boy, oh boy, poke the bear did he, because I can get so fucking spicy about this stuff. I refuse to accept this, they can be healthy because of where they live and we can't because of where we live, which was basically his argument. And again, I understand that. I understand the concept of what he was saying, but, and he was saying like, we have to try harder. And my response is, and so what try fucking harder, (laughs) like either pick up and move somewhere. You don't have to try as hard or for most people, it's not realistic or they don't want to do that. Stay where you are and do the damn work. Like go back to the basics, build your foundation of health and be consistent of that. You have to work for your health. And then, of course, I find out that Okinawa, so that was the Japan hotspot, now has the highest obesity rate in all of Japan since the introduction of American fast food. And I just wanted to cry when I found this out. They have so many fast food restaurants now and more TVs and more cars, which obviously lead to a more sedentary lifestyle. And then a 2020 consensus showed that, um, Okinawa men now live an average of 80.21 years and women 87.44. Like that's crazy, guys. That's wild. And other blue zones are now rapidly declining as well because of this combination of the processed foods and the more sedentary lifestyles. Like these two things, what you eat and how much movement you're getting every single day Rapidly dropped the life expectancy in these blue zones, in these hot spots. Like, that is how powerful your diet is and movement, moving your body. I find this really, really frustrating, but it really just goes to show like, what I find frustrating is all these fast food chains like popping up in these communities like ugh, why do they have to go there like why does it always just have to be like about profit and anyway that's like a whole other conversation so that's what i find frustrating but it just goes to show clearly that it doesn't really matter where you are in the world these days you have to take a stand for your health and for the health of your family eat real food prioritize your sleep Prioritize moving your body every single damn day. Prioritize stress management every single damn day. These are non-negotiables. These are the necessities. These are the foundation. Like We need this if we want strong physical and mental health. My clients and I joke all the time that we're the weirdos. Because we live life differently. We basically do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And then you'll have amazing mental and physical health. So come be weirdos with us. But actually just hold yourself accountable to a different standard. And when you do that, you will get healthy as fuck. And this was actually another thing Steve said when he was basically basically telling me it's too hard to be healthy in our world slash environment. And as I have already shared, I did not react well to that. And I said, well, what about me? Like, I do it. And he was like, yeah, but you're the extreme, which I also didn't react well to. (laughs) And I actually disagree with that. I don't feel like I'm being extreme. Like, to people on the outside, they might look at me and be like, oh, like, what you do is so extreme. Like, okay, sorry if just, like, (laughs) fucking taking care of myself is extreme to you. But that's just a reflection of where we are as a society. But personally... I don't feel extreme about it. Like, this is just how I live my life. And no one says anything to me. Like, none of my friends or my family at this point say anything. Because, like, Steve making that comment, I don't think I've heard anyone say anything like that to me in years. Like, I can't even remember the last time. Because, and obviously he was teasing me. (laughs) But I've actively been working towards this and like how I show up in my life now since 2015. And I will continue to do this work until my very last breath. So everyone's just kind of used to it. I have also met and connected with so many other people who like me prioritize their health. So I really don't feel like a weirdo at all. I don't feel extreme. I don't feel different. Like when I'm out, I'm aware consciously that I do things differently than the vast majority of people, but I don't feel anything about that. When I'm out and I'm making different choices than my friends, I don't even notice. Like, I truly don't. So for anyone who's maybe at the beginning stages of making some of these big diet and lifestyle changes, and you're the only one in your friend group or amongst your family, I promise you it gets easier. And everything gets so much better—from your mental health to your mood, your energy, your brain power, your productivity, your libido, your patience, your stress resilience. Um, it's like someone turned on a light switch, and one day you—you you will feel so good. By doing the things that need to be done to prioritize your health, that you won't want to go back to doing what you were doing before. And you won't want to go back to living the way that everyone else is living. Okay, that's my Blue Zones rant. (laughs) But actually watch it. It was really, really, really good. Um, Let's move on to something that I read lately that I loved. So um, a book, if you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me talking about this. I got early access um, to Gabrielle, Dr. Gabrielle Lyons' book, Forever Strong. It was so good. I gobbled it up. I'm actually reading it for a second time. I love it. It's so good. Um, So Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, if you're not familiar with her, and if you're not, go follow her everywhere. Like listen to her podcast, follow her on Instagram, like get her book. She's a functional medicine practitioner. She's also the founder of the Institute for Muscle Centric Medicine. I really want to go through their trainings and stuff as well. I'm constantly doing continuing education, so I'm super excited. It's on my list, on my continuing education list, and I can't wait. Um, And really they're specializing in brain and thyroid health, lean body mass support, and longevity. So I was reading this book before bed, but I kept getting super fired up (laughs) as per usual. I get like really excited when I'm learning because a lot of this stuff, I kind of already know, or I kind of already knew, or we speculated like as an industry, but now the research is finally catching up. And then, so, so when I say fired up, like sometimes it's like, it's cause I'm really excited. And other times it's because I'm frustrated or I'm mad or I'm angry or I'm sad when I'm reading a lot of the research or the books written by the practitioners whose work I follow and deeply respect because I just feel like sad and angry and annoyed and frustrated that this is not the mainstream medical information or approach. And I remember telling my parents multiple times now, and I've had this conversation with Steve as well, where I'm basically choosing a career where I am always going to be fighting to prove myself and to prove that the work that I do or the work that we do as functional health practitioners matters and that we actually know a lot of very helpful things and that it actually works and like i'm constantly going to be fighting against this narrative that only medical doctors can possibly be right or help people or really understand what's going on and there are moments when that feels really exhausting and kind of like why am i why am i doing this i have those moments it's exhausting sometimes when you feel like you have to convince the people that you know you can help them and almost like pull them and drag them along and be like come here i can help you when they just keep going back to their doctors and then they're not getting the support they need but they're but they almost don't trust in the work that i do because they're so conditioned, I don't want to say the word brainwashed, because that sounds like really aggressive and mean, but like, that's what it is basically like you have been conditioned from birth to think that like, only your doctors have the answers. And that is not true. That is a systemic issue. (laughs) We believe that for a reason that was like their point. That was like their intention, you know, and instead of taking a leap of faith and and working with me because they're super skeptical and, and I get that. Um, but it's just like, ah, (laughs) I just want to help you. Like, you have no idea how much better you can feel, but you have to stop going to your doctor again and again and again and expecting them to give you a different answer or a different result. And then those emotions and those feelings pass. And I'm way too passionate about being an advocate for this work and spreading this message that, hey, you can for reals actually break up with your anxiety and all of those shitty symptoms that come with it when you properly address your diet, your gut health, and your hormonal health, and no, your doctor or OBGYN or endocrinologist cannot help you with this because this is not their training. This is not their education. But I digress. Hey, 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 I am quickly interrupting this episode because if you are like me and you are a visual learner, I wanted to let you know about my free one hour webinar class called the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment that walks you through, well, the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment, specifically how to optimize your digestive function, how to fix your gut. How to eat in a way that boosts natural neurotransmitter production and reduce inflammation, and how to bring your hormones back into balance. I love podcasts for listening to when I'm on walks or driving or cooking or cleaning. They inspire me and give me so many aha moments, but I am a visual learner. So I benefit the most when I can see the information presented in a clear and organized manner, like a slideshow. I don't really remember or retain information that well when it's just presented verbally, which is exactly what I have done for you in my three secrets to natural anxiety banishment training. And within that training, I share the top things that you need to be doing to optimize digestive function, boost neurotransmitter production, bring your hormones back into balance, all in a beautiful slideshow. So if you haven't watched that, hit the link in the show notes to get your copy of the three secrets to natural anxiety management, free training emailed right to you. Okay. Back to the episode. I could do a full podcast episode. I could do multiple podcast episodes on everything I love from Dr. Lyon's book, Forever Strong. And you know what? I probably will in future episodes or better yet, I can try and get her on, which would actually blow my mind if that actually happened. I feel like she's way too big <laughs> for little, little old me show, but you never know. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So in the meantime, go get her book, listen to her, listen to her podcast. It's pretty science heavy. Um, I do think it is really geared towards practitioners, but she does a really good job at distilling it down into like what you need to know and the key takeaways. She's on YouTube. She's on all the things. Um, if you struggle with anxiety, panic attacks, depression, anything with your mental health, you need to be thinking about muscle health like that is a non-negotiable and that's what her work is really all about. And I also read spicy YA fantasy romance novels. Um, Big fan. (laughs) Steve calls them my mommy porn books. Um, And there's a third book to a series that I pre-ordered probably a year ago and it just dropped. And so I'm reading that at night as well. So that's technically two things already breaking my own rules of doing one thing per topic. Uh, But it's called A Fire in the Flesh by Jennifer L. Armatrott. I'm really bad with pronouncing things in case you haven't noticed. Uh, And I love reading so much that I actually try and get in bed as early as possible because I want as much time as possible to read. So my lights go out at nine o'clock. And that's when I actually start to fall asleep, which takes around 15 to 20 minutes. So technically, I'm asleep by 930. So I cannot say I'm asleep from 9 o'clock until 5 a.m. because that's not true. 9 o'clock is when I shut my lights off. And I have this conversation with so many people where I'm like, what time do you go to bed? And they're like, oh, like 10, 11 o'clock. And I'm like, okay, cool. Is that what time you're actually asleep? Or is that what time you're physically getting into bed and turning the lights off? Because that that ain't when your bedtime starts. Like you, your actual when you're asleep hours needs to be. Um, if you're a woman, around eight. Um, you can maybe get away with seven hours every now and then, but really trying to get seven and a half to eight hours, and that's actual sleep time. So for me, it's not you know nine to five. It's actually nine thirty to five. And sometimes I do fall asleep earlier, and I do turn off the lights at around um, eat 30 cause I'm tired. Um, but I really like to read before bed. So, and when I say lights go out, I mean my anti blue light, red light, um, bedside lamp by bun charge. I will actually link that in the show notes with the other things that I'm talking about today. I'm not an affiliate for that. I just love that product. And then I do all my skincare and teeth brushing, et cetera, by candlelight in the bathroom. So I'm really trying to avoid blue light for 60 to 90 minutes before bed. So on a good night, if I can start my bathing skincare grooming at seven o'clock and then I can be in bed reading at 730, I am so happy. I find it really hard to just read for 30 minutes to an hour because I'm always so obsessed with the books that I'm reading. And just like my extremeness in the binging of the TV shows and then going long stints with watching nothing and then binging, I'm like kind of like that with my reading. If I had the time, I would just sit and read all day, every day and do nothing else. I go into this vortex when I'm reading, like every now and then on a Sunday, I'll do that where I've done all my food prep. I don't have any, you know, cleaning chores to do. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have any work to do or I'm choosing not to do work. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is a perfect reading Sunday. Like I will read a whole book. I'm a really fast reader. And I will just go into this vortex and I'll start reading. And then all of a sudden I'll be starving and I'll look up and like five, six hours have gone by. And I'm like, oh shit, I need to eat. (laughs) So just reading 30 minutes before bed is not an option for me. I will have a really hard time putting the book down. I have to give myself enough runway, enough reading room so that I actually feel ready to go to bed. And people think I'm so crazy when I tell them this, that... Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting to bed at 7.30. I'm not sleeping at 7.30, guys. I'm reading. (laughs) It's like most people are watching TV from 7.30 to 9 o'clock. I'm obviously, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't like people doing that for their sleep hygiene, for their hormonal health, for their mental health, health. So I just swap that TV time for reading time. So it's not that weird. <laughs> I'm just not doing like everybody else and watching TV at those hours. It also doesn't always happen. I just try really hard because like I said, it makes me really happy to read for that long and I get annoyed if I'm rushing to bed and I don't have enough time for a wind down routine. So I have really strong, strong boundaries around this and I also wake up at 5 a.m., Uh um, One, that's kind of a choice, but also that's when my cats start asking for food. So even if I didn't want to wake up at 5 a.m., I don't really have an option. So I've kind of built my lifestyle. I think in a perfect world, I would maybe wake up at 6 a.m. and start my day. Um, But also that wouldn't work because I like to do my movement before work. And then I start work at 8 o'clock. So 5 o'clock is just what works for my routine. You know, I need to get my movement in. I need to eat well. So that involves food prep and cooking food. I need to get enough sleep. And so the window that really works for me is like nights, lights out nine o'clock up at five. And right now, because where I live is getting colder and colder and darker and darker, it makes it much easier to do that. But in the summer, I will literally be in bed and it's still light outside. But we have blackout curtains and we, I have my face mask and I have all the things so I don't really notice. Um, but it is fully light out when I go to bed in the summer. Uh, and then I just have a lot of boundaries around what I do after work. Um, I do obviously allow for some wiggle room on the weekends. If I'm going out to dinner or doing a more social thing, or I'm going to a wedding or I'm going to a Halloween party or something like that. Um, I'll obviously stay up a little bit later. I'm not in bed at nine o'clock. Sometimes I am. It depends. Like if Steve and I are having a date night, we'll intentionally start early, Um, we'll kind of spend basically the whole day together, the afternoon into the early evening. If we go to dinner, it might be six, six thirty, and then it's like I'm going to bed. Um, so I can control that. I can control when we have our date night and still go to bed. But obviously if my friends are doing things or there's a wedding and stuff like that. So and then if I am up later on let's say a Friday or Saturday night, then I will also wake up at five to feed my cats and then I go back to bed. And I'll probably sleep until somewhere between seven and eight. I really, I cannot sleep longer than that. Like my body's just like, Nope, we got to get up and start my day. And then after work, I'm really just saying no to a lot of things during the week, which includes, you know, going over to dinner at my parents or, um, going over to dinner at my in-laws or things like that. Because I'm like, no, sorry. Like I need to start winding down. I need to go to bed. I can see you on the weekend kind of thing. So that's what I'm reading, which turned into a conversation about sleep. I think that's actually what's going to be fun about these episodes where it's like, okay, I have my template where I'm talking about these kind of six things. But obviously, at the end of the day, like I'm a nutritionist, I'm obsessed with gut and hormonal health, I'm obsessed with mental health, I'm obsessed with like, performance and longevity and prevention and all of these things. So as much as this is my career, this is also my hobby and my interest. And so you can't really, as much as I try to make it a personal episode, a lot of the things I, a lot of the personal decisions I make and the personal things I'm doing are very much influenced by what I care about the most, which is my health. <laughs> there is nothing I care about more than my health. I think that is like the cornerstone and epitome of everything. And, and when I have that, everything else will fall into place. Like The, the money will come because um, I'll have the energy to do all of the things and the capacity to do all the, the things. And I'll have amazing relationships because, again, I have the energy and the capacity to invest into those, all of that kind of stuff. So number three, what I'm currently focusing on in my health and why. So this, if you have been following along with me in my world for any amount of time might come as no surprise, but the two biggest things I'm focusing on right now are my skin and muscle health. And I am going to keep this to one thing. (laughs) So we'll talk about my skin and then we can save the muscle health obsession for another episode. So my skin is like this ongoing saga. I had acne as a young girl, as a teenager, as a preteen. I can't remember exactly when it started. Maybe I was 11 or 12 around the time that I got my period. I was 12 when I got my period. So around this time... Um, I had acne on my face and acne on my back. And at the time, obviously, I didn't know what I know now about what acne is and how it is a symptom of imbalances, gut health imbalances, hormonal imbalances, dietary imbalances, all of that stuff. And my parents didn't know any of that information as well. My parents are very allopathic. Um, They're definitely coming around um, and I have started supporting them more naturally, which is very exciting. But at the time it was like, the doctor is God and everything the doctor says we do. Right. And I didn't question it. I was really young. So at first I was put on antibiotics for my acne. And then when it came to, and I had this like special soap that was heavily medicated, it was awful. It would like dry out my skin and then my skin would be dry and painful. Um, And then when it came time to have the conversation about going on birth control, then I came off of the antibiotics for my skin and went on birth control. And then I was on birth control from about 14 to, I came off at 26, 26. Yeah. I came off at 26 off of the pill early, early in. No, I might've been 27. Yeah, I might've been 27. It was early 2017. So yeah, that's when I came off the birth control pill. And then I switched to the IUD and then I came off everything in January of 2018. So when I was 28, and I'm 33 now. So that is a very long time to be on birth control. And I'm not going to make this a podcast about my feelings about the birth control pill because I am I will be doing future episodes on birth control and the connection to birth control and mental health. And for those who are interested in looking at other alternatives to birth control, having conversations around that, um, having conversations around um, how to transition off, Birth control and how to support your body first, which is really important so that um, you're not getting that really bad, like post birth control synd- syndrome symptoms and all that stuff. Of course, this is everything that I help my clients with in the Breaking Up with Anxiety four month group coaching program as well. Um, so you can also come on in there and I can help you with those kind of things. But that is not what today is about. Today is about my story with my skin. <laughs> um, so I came off birth control and my face exploded because birth control is not fixing the problem. Birth control is suppressing the symptoms. So in zero way is birth control rebalancing the body, rebalancing your hormones, any of that. Now, I also just want to say that I am, of course, um, not trying to shame anyone who does take birth control There are many different layers to this conversation. Um, I also support anybody's decision to do whatever they want with their health and their body. Um, what I don't love is the lack of informed consent and the extreme lack of education that women have about what birth control is doing to their body. Um, but when you know all that, and it's still the best decision for your health, amazing all the power to you. And I also do recognize that there are very specific health situations that might require, um, or do require birth control, um, for a certain period of time. So, all that to say, that was not my case. I did not need birth control. It was just what everybody went on. Um, I'm obviously super grateful that I had it for birth control, as I was sexually active, <laughs> and I, you know, am sexually active with my partner, and I don't have any intention of having children. So. Um, there, but then there are, of course, ways to... I practice natural birth control now, and I have been doing... So the fertility awareness method, I actually specifically learned it through Justice, um, but it's basically the fertility awareness method. I've been doing that since 2018. And In hindsight, I wish I had been doing it earlier. I wish I had learned this. Um, It's so empowering um, and supportive, and it's just as effective as the pill when it is done properly. So all of that to say, I came off of the pill in 2017 earlier in the year. And then about five months later, which lines up with post birth control syndrome, my face exploded. So this was about September 2017. And then that's when Steve and I started dating. Our anniversary is November. So it's actually in two days. I'm recording this on November 7th and it's November 9th. It'll be six years. So that sucked first of all to be dating this new person and to have horrible cystic acne like it was so red and so inflamed and so painful and literally everywhere makeup was barely covering it um, I it hurt to sleep sometimes because it was so red and painful and inflamed that when I would lie on my pillow I would just be like <laughs> like crying of course the mental and emotional aspect as well because, it's on your face. It affects your self esteem. It affects your confidence. It affects so many different things. I used to call in sick to work. Um, I was serving, I was in school at the time. So I was in my holistic nutrition program and, um, doing really well with my mental health. And then of course now it's like, fuck my skin. Um, and I was working full time five days a week at a restaurant. And I would, um, call in sick on the days that my skin was so bad because I was just like, I can't be in public. Like I'm so mortified and embarrassed and shamed. I like bawled my eyes out to my manager at one point, just cause I was just so embarrassed about my skin. And I was like, I can't be here. I want to go home. I would cry to Steve about it. And he would just be like, it's not that bad. Like, I don't see what you see, you know? And it was definitely bad, but what he was trying to say is that he didn't care. Like he didn't care. He wasn't seeing that. Like he was, you know, obviously super into me and then we were in love. (laughs) So he loves me. He's not like looking at my face and being like, Oh my God, look at this girl with pimples. You know, like I think back to my high school boyfriend and he had bad acne, but I honestly don't even remember that. Like I was just so in love and infatuated with him that I was just like, it didn't even occur to me that he had pimples. Like I didn't even see it, you know? Um, And obviously that's what was happening now at 27, 28 years old with my wonderful, amazing partner who just loves me for me and not for, you know, what was going on with my skin at the time, which is actually just like, really in, you know, now in hindsight, I'm just like, oh, that's so amazing that I started dating you when my skin was disgusting. Like, this is what I'm thinking to myself, you know, all these mean things that we say to ourselves. Um, and you love me anyway, you fell in love with me anyway, you know, and and here we are six years later, you know. So um, anyway, in January of 2018, I decided to hire a classmate. So, um, her name is Meg and, um, her company, I believe it's called get glow. Let me double check. Yeah. Okay. So her Instagram is at get glow method. It was something else when I worked with her back in the day, this was a long time ago. And obviously her practice has evolved, but she is an acne expert. Um, she has an incredible story of healing her own acne and, she was ahead of me, so she graduated uh, before me. But we had a couple classes together, and uh, we she she we had a couple mutual friends from university. We didn't go to the same one, but I had a bunch of friends that went to the same university as her. So we kind of knew each other, and then we reconnected at school, and then I really got to see like her skin transform in front of my eyes, and so I decided to hire her and. Uh, when I share this story, you know, I get people who ask me like, oh, like, you know, what could you not have figured it out yourself? Yes. A hundred percent. I could have figured it out myself. What I didn't want to, (laughs) I wanted to pay somebody to get me from point A to point B as quickly as possible. It was working full time, you know, five days a week. I was um, just coming out of the deepest and darkest days with my mental health. Um, I was still focused very much on um, supporting my mental health through the gut health strategies, the diet strategies, the hormone supporting strategies that I, that is now everything I talk about in my breaking up with anxiety four month group coaching program. And um, I was busy. I was also doing my yoga teacher training at the time. So that was every single weekend almost every single weekend for about six months. Plus you had to do a certain number of in-class hours actually going to classes. And, you know, the teacher had to sign off on that. And I can't remember if that was like 50 or hundred hours, but it was a lot. It was like five classes a week, four or five classes a week on top of everything else I was doing. So from like a time management perspective, And then, you know, moving my body and cooking my food and doing all the other things we have to do to take care of ourselves. I was just like, I would rather just invest in somebody who knows the steps instead of me trying to find time that I don't have. You can't magically create more time. Something would have to give. I would have to take something away. So that I could go through all of my textbooks and all of my things and find all the pieces for acne and put it all together and maybe try something and it will like, it wouldn't really work. Or maybe it would half work and then I would have to try again. Like that's what, I already did that for anxiety and panic and depression. And that was a very big undertaking and I didn't want to do that for acne at the time. I knew somebody who had like a proven track record of not only eliminating her own acne, but helping other people do it. And so I was just like, "Yep, yeah, I'm just going to work with her. Worked with her, got amazing results. Um, and then my skin basically stayed clear until I think 2021, or 2022. 2021. Hello, me again. Interrupting this episode just one last time because I really need to take a quick minute to invite you, if you're ready, to join Breaking Up With Anxiety, my four-month group coaching program for women who are ready to break up with their anxiety for good. By the end of our four months together, not only will you have completely rebalanced your gut your hormones, and build a flexible nervous system, but you will have the tools and resources that you need to keep your anxiety away so it doesn't come creeping back down the road. Through simple dietary changes, my signature root cause-specific gut and hormone supplement protocol, powerful stress management and nervous system regulation techniques, psychotherapy-based workshops, and the support of myself, and all your other breaking up with anxiety ladies, this is going to be the best goddamn breakup of your life. But in order to give each woman who joins the program the support she needs throughout the journey, there are always only 12 spots available for enrollment each month. And right now, there are a few spots left. When you break up with someone that isn't right for you, it's always a relief. Breaking up with your anxiety isn't just a relief. It's completely life-changing. If you are ready to show up for yourself, do the work, and change your life, click the link in the show notes to sign up for Breaking Up With Anxiety today or head over to www.tejandro.com forward slash breaking dash up dash with dash anxiety. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah. So until about like through the pandemic, that actually my skin looked the best during lockdown, which makes sense (laughs) because I was basically just eating the groceries I bought um, and we weren't going out and things like that. And then around winter time of 2021, my skin flared up again, started breaking out like crazy. Um, I hadn't changed that I hadn't changed anything about my diet and lifestyle. And so at that point I decided to invest in gut testing because I figured there was something deeper going on since it wasn't a diet or a lifestyle thing. Um, Sure enough, that gut testing came back candida. I had really high candida, which actually really surprised me because I would never have guessed that because I didn't have any of the other common signs and symptoms of candida, literally nothing. The only symptom I had was the acne. So, but that made sense. It made sense why, um, it was that very specific gut imbalance that was triggering this acne because my diet and lifestyle is good, right? So what could have been otherwise, um, so I went on a candida protocol for four months, skin cleared up again. Amazing. Then (laughs) in summer 2022. So last year in the summer, my skin exploded again. And this was just like my whole right side, like my whole cheek, my whole jawline, red, painful, angry. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? Um, I also, at the time, was getting my blood work done, so I get full and complete blood work done. It's uh, about $300 Canadian. Uh, I get that done every six to eight months. I put a little bit of money aside every single paycheck. And then when I have the money um, in my little health savings account, then I go to my naturopath, I get the requisition and I pay for the blood work. And then I read the the blood work myself. My naturopath obviously reads it as well. And we, we bounce things off of each other because we all have blind spots when it comes to our health. So um, I always make appointments when I have suspicions or think something's going on with my health. I always make an appointment with either my naturopath or like I did with Meg when it was with my skin or... Like whatever kind of expert I'm working with on a specific issue, like my therapist, for example, you know, like we all have blind spots when it comes to our own health. And just because I'm a nutritionist and a gut and hormonal health expert, like I still have blind spots when it comes to me. And when other people point it out, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so obvious. Like, why did I not think of that? And it's the same thing with me, my clients. Like when I'm working with the women for four months in the breaking up with anxiety group coaching program, they'll all be in conversation with them and I'll point out their blind spots and what they need to do to get to anxiety freedom. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, I can see it because I'm on the outside. But when it's you and it's your health and we're so emotionally attached to the things that we're doing, and sometimes we don't like to be told, "Mm, what you're doing is not serving you, right? And I include myself in this conversation. So um, anyway, so my skin exploded again, and then I just so happened to be getting blood work at the same time. And then when I was reviewing my blood work, the things that were coming up were things like uh, insulin resistance, which also surprised me because I was like weird from a diet and lifestyle perspective. That doesn't make any sense. Other kind of stress markers. And then what happened a few months after that, I went into burnout. And I've done multiple episodes on this. So you can always go back. They will say, you know, something about burnout in the title. I think one is bouncing back from burnout. The other is crashing into burnout. It's very obvious from the titles that it's about burnout. Uh, but then I crashed so hard into burnout last August. So August, 2022. And then of course hindsight's 2020, right? So then I crashed into burnout and I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like my skin was, my skin is almost like the first warning sign that something's going on. That's what I've come to learn is that my skin seems to be that first like ding, 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 that first kind of check engine light, you know? So for others, For you, it might be sleep issues, digestive issues, headaches, anxiety even. I think that everyone has at least one symptom or more that when their check engine, that's like their check engine light. And for me, at least for the longest time, it's been my skin. And this is one of this is a really big takeaway that one of the many big takeaways from crashing that hard into burnout, where I was actually depressed um, and really struggled for a few months and then started to feel better December 2022, January 2023, February 2023, but didn't feel 100% back to myself until March of this year, 2023. So obviously in the process of taking care of myself and supporting myself in the burnout, through the burnout, pulling myself out of burnout, that regulated my skin again. My skin went back to being great. Um, my, my blood work markers also went back into those optimal ranges, right? No longer showing Uh, up as insulin resistance on my blood work, all of that stuff, because these are symptoms. If your blood markers are out of whack, these are not not root causes. These are symptoms. Stuff was going on before through your dietary choices, your lifestyle choices, your gut health, that all influences your blood work. So blood work tells us a lot about what's going on and it can help us pinpoint the root causes but it's not a root cause itself. So then fast forward, so now we're in March 2023, no more acne, no more burnout, great blood work. And then June, no, July. <laughs> July 2023, I get back from London, my best friend's wedding, I was there for 2 weeks, and my skin starts to break out again. And at first I was just like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. And it's totally fine because I was just away for two weeks. I was eating a lot of gluten. I was eating a lot of dairy. Um, I wasn't drinking at all. I'd stopped drinking alcohol prior to that trip. I think it's been almost seven months now that I haven't had a drop of alcohol and I feel so great. I'm loving it. Um, But yeah, at first I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. That makes sense. This happens sometimes after trips. Same thing can happen with anxiety. In the beginning, when you're um, making these dietary and lifestyle changes and addressing your gut health and your hormonal health, um, and then you're making big progress. I have these conversations with my clients all the time in my group coaching program where they'll feel so great when they're at home. And it's been a few months that they've been in the program and then they'll go on vacation and then their anxiety will kick up a little bit uh, after the vacation. And it's super frustrating, of course, and it's scary and it's just like, oh, I guess this isn't working. That's not true. It's that you haven't given your body enough time to rebalance. So when you are um, outside of your routine for a little bit, it just hasn't been enough time for the body to be optimized and rebalanced. And so it's just like there's cracks in the foundation, right? And when you go outside of routine for a little bit, like a vacation, um, things slip through the cracks. But over time, like one year into this work, two years into this work, that won't happen as much anymore. And Steve and I actually went to Miami maybe two years ago, and it was only for five days, but I was drinking at that point. So we drank, I was eating I wasn't watching what I was eating. I was eating gluten, I was eating dairy like I just kind of tend to when I'm on vacation be like, "Oh, whatever," you know. I do try and be like a little bit more mindful, but I I'm, I'm not like obsessive about it. I'm just like I eat what I want to eat, and at, my skin was great on that trip and after that trip. So London was two weeks. And so I thought like, okay, maybe five days was fine, but two weeks is just a little bit too long. And I honestly wasn't feeling great. Like near the end of the trip, I was like, I can't wait to get home and just like eat what I normally eat (laughs) and stop eating all this beige food. Like it's not, it doesn't even taste good to me anymore. And I don't even want it anymore. Like, I just want to go back to eating my protein, my veggies, my beans, and my legumes. Um, So... When my skin didn't regulate about a month after, so, you know, August, September, we're in November now, my skin really only started to improve, I would say three weeks ago, and now it's really great again. So what did I do this time for my skin? Oh my gosh, I've been talking for almost an hour. Guys, I thought this would be a 30-minute episode. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, just some quick updates. Um, no, I talk a lot in case you haven't noticed. I have a lot to say. I just kind of feel like I'm out with a friend. Although if I was out with a friend, it would not just be me talking the whole time. (laughs) There would be way more back and forth. Um, you know what, I'm going to leave this here on like a cliffhanger and then we'll do a part two next week. So, Da da da. What did I do to get my skin back to normal? Stay tuned. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality and there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action. And the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only, and the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now.